I, I remember going to the altar and at the time, I remember this time Pastor Pizarro praying with me and I said, God, this is my life. If you can do anything with it, it's yours, my life. If here it is, mm-hmm. do something with it. And from that point on, I wouldn't do anything unless God told me. Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Tuesday, where you're going to hear a powerful testimony of God's grace revealed in human lives. Each Tuesday, you'll hear Pastor Adam interviewing pastors from around the world to share the mighty miracles that God has done in their lives to give you hope for yours. We share the stories of the men behind the messages you hear every other day on this podcast. Keep in mind that the free version only includes a portion of the whole testimony interview. To listen to the full version, use the links in the show notes to subscribe via Apple Podcasts or Supercast.tech. Every dollar goes to supporting world evangelism. Enjoy today's Testimony Tuesday. All right. Well, welcome back to Testimony Tuesday here on the VVPH Sermon Podcast. Pastor Adam back with you again, and uh, we are recording audio on a brand new microphone. We're testing out some new uh, equipment, so we want to thank you for your support uh, of, of this podcast, and very excited to have another guest with us, and uh, very excited, as you might have already guessed, based on the show notes that you read before pushing play, <laughs> it's, uh, it's Pastor Jason Glasscock. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you for having me. It's a long yes. time coming. I know. We've been yeah. trying to do this for a little while, yeah, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. It seems like every time we try, something comes up that <laughs> d- distracts us from being able to do this. Well, I know that you've been a, a long-time listener of the podcast, and I yes, hope sir. it's been a blessing to you? It has. I love it. I, I love the history that comes along with it. I love the old sermons, and I love being able to hear, especially the old sermons, and you're like, wow, some of that's still relevant today. I mean, it just shows the power of the message that I'm preaching. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we, we love hearing that. That's why we do this. Uh, just we see people um, all around the fellowship, and it's amazing. I'll, I'll go places and say, hey, aren't you that, aren't you that podcast guy? <laughs> oh, I'm sure, and I'm sure the testimonies for my church, I always loved having testimonies preached. That, that, that seemed to impact people a lot, a lot. Like, anytime a guy came and preached for me, I was like, hey, please give a testimony. Sprinkle it in, make a sermon, I don't care, but just bring a testimony, and that would draw people so immensely. So testimonies are powerful. Yes, yeah. Well, the the uh, the enemy was overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. That's so right. That's what we're here do, to do today, which is to uh, to give our testimony Tuesday. And so... Um, you know how this works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've listened to a few of these. I've listened to a couple of them, so yeah, we'll have to we'll go through it, but please make sure you guide me in the right direction. Yeah. I will ramble occasionally, so I want to make sure okay. I don't do, like any preacher, I'm sure, will kind of ramble off, so let's stay focused. Do there. my best. Yes, okay. sir. Well, tell us about how you grew up and where you grew up and what was your, what was your family life like? Okay, well, I grew up actually in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Um, my mom, uh, teenage mother, had me really young, uh, she was 18. My dad was 18 at the same time. They, after they finished high school, my dad actually joined the Navy, and we moved up here to Norfolk. Okay. And, uh, but uh, when I was four years old, he passed away wow. and, uh, while in the military, and we moved back to Jacksonville. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So I lived in Jacksonville all the way up until I was in high school. And then um, going into 10th grade, I moved to Lake City, Florida. Okay. And brothers and sisters? I have one half-brother. Okay. Yep. He's in the Army right now. He's Older or younger? Younger. Okay. He's in Georgia. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, he's uh, five years younger than me. Wow. So, so, wow, your dad passes away when you're four years old. That's yes. got to have a huge impact on you. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing how you don't realize it uh, until you get older, some of the impact. And um, there was different men that came in to, trying to say that as... Politely as I can, just in case my mom ever listens to it. Right. But we've talked about it, and there's been other men, and I think my mom was very adamant of protecting me from being raised by other men, and that might have been kind of a downfall a little bit. She was also pretty young, right? She was young at the time, yes. I mean, you're looking at 22 years old, and then uh, my brother's more of a, wasn't part of the plan either, I I believe. So it made it a little more interesting, and then she had a long-term relationship with a gentleman that moved us to Lake City, Florida. We finished, well, I finished high school there, but none of them really adopted me as a father figure, I guess mm-hmm. would be the answer. 
So I've never had a real true father figure. I've had men that kind of showed along the way, but nothing that was fatherly, I guess, would be a good example, good way to explain that. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of, uh, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Unfaithfulness in those relationships, more on their side than her side, but it kind of went around. And then my mom never remarried the, the whole time. And she just recently got married. She's been married now, I think, about six years. Okay. But that's the first time she's been married this whole time. And then uh, right after high school, I joined the military myself. Okay. And, and on to the ship. On to the, well, actually, <laughs> it's funny. I didn't go straight to a ship. I went to, I was stationed in Washington, D.C. for two years. Oh, wow. Okay. And I became very good friends with Pastor Colonna. Ah, okay. Well, there's, we're getting some hints. But I was wondering what kind of stuff you were into when you were a kid. Did you, uh, did you have hobbies or sports or what? I was a sports fanatic. I probably played, foot, I played football since the age of eight years you old. You looked like a football player. <laughs> <laughs> not a very good one right now, I'll tell you that. Right? Not, not the specimen right now, but I played from eight years old all the way through high school. I played baseball all the way up until high school, and then uh, I wasn't as good, so I didn't play high school baseball, and I focused more on, on high school football. I ran a little bit of track here and there. I played soccer occasionally, so I was definitely big into sports mm-hmm. and obviously big into video games and different things along those lines, and, and it's interesting when I look back on my life. I dabbled in a little bit of everything because I was big into sports, but I played a lot of video games as well. I also played... Dungeons and Dragons here and there. So I was the nerdy person that came along with that as well. Mm-hmm. And if you ask my my wife, I was popular, but I didn't ever think I was that popular. So it kind of dabbled back and forth. So. Okay, okay. So did you did you find yourself getting in trouble or you tried to be a good kid? Um, I I stayed out of trouble most of the time. Um, nothing major. Wasn't the greatest in school, though. Not because uh, I didn't get into a lot of trouble. I just didn't work hard. So I barely graduated high school. Because uh, I didn't try. Oh, and some laziness going on there. Very much so. Oh, okay. And, okay. And, it, and it hurt me because I was really good in school. I was up until I moved. Okay. Up until I moved. And then when I moved from uh, uh, Jacksonville to Lake City, they said, hey, you're doing so good. Why don't you do honors classes? Bad move. Bad move. <laughs> <laughs> honors classes have expectations of homework. <laughs> homework didn't go into my vocabulary. No, no. So I struggled through it. And honestly, I think... The only reason I graduated is because I had signed up for the military prior to graduation, and teachers gave me grades to get me out. Some mercy grades. Very much so. Ah, uh, yes, okay. Because, again, I wasn't an idiot. I can do math, and they tell me what I got. I'm like, that ain't adding up to a grade <laughs> high enough to graduate. And But I graduated, so. And then that saved me probably more than it should have. Okay, okay. So your decision to go into the military, what, what went into that? Uh, Lake City, small town. Uh, when I say small, the Walmart is bigger than the mall. So not much going on there. And like I had mentioned, uh, I played football and I was, I was good. But just like the same thing with school, I only relied on my natural talent. I didn't work harder at it. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't good enough to go to the next level. Gotcha. We talked about my high school, so I didn't have the grades to go to the next uh. level. So I saw the writing on the wall. There was nothing for me in Lake City. I had a girlfriend at the time, and if I had stayed, we probably would have had a kid at a young age, which we ended up having a kid, but we'll get to that in a little bit. But I just knew there wasn't much there for me in Lake City. It's a small town, country town, and I knew I needed something, so I joined the military. Gotcha. Okay. So uh, what about your spiritual background? What do you remember? Did you ever going to church, yep. anything like that? I went to church occasionally with my grandmother, my, well, both uh my grandmother on my dad's side. We went more often than with anybody else. Uh, occasionally, I would go with my aunt, who's devout Catholic. But uh, even at a young age, I, it was not for me. I didn't like church. I had friends that would go, and I made sure I didn't stay the night Saturday nights. Ah. Because I knew Sunday mornings, we'd be going to church. <laughs> figured it out. Yeah. I, I caught on to what was going on. So I tried to get them to stay with me. Uh-huh. It didn't always fly that way. And I did go to churches here and there, and uh, uh, I was part of the Boy Scouts uh, who met at a church, so occasionally I would go to church there. But it wasn't for me. I remember yelling amen as a young kid at a church, but it wasn't for me. I believed in God. I believed in the Bible. But saying that, I say that believing in not even what's written in it, though. I believed in Jesus, but again, not knowing anything about it. So you're in the South, so you just believe in it, but don't follow through with it. So I dabbled here and there in a couple of churches, but... We didn't go to church. I think I went to church with my mom a handful of times, mm-hmm. and that was mainly Easter, 
and mainly Easter. Okay. So yep, on yep. Easter here. I grew up Methodist. So if you saw my dog tags, it says Methodist. Uh-huh. But I don't know anything about it. I didn't know anything about it. Didn't even know what it meant. Just right. When they said, hey, what are you? I'm a Methodist. So just uh, Methodist by, by virtue of birth kind of thing. Correct. W- was, that, was that also your mom's experience? Or sound like she may have some lingering r- religion from her past? Also? Well, yeah. My, my mom's side, they said they would go to church occasionally. Now, there's a lot of uh, things that happened at, um, when she was younger that she saw that people were church going by alcoholics okay. or abusive. So I don't think there's a lot of uh, a change going on there. So why keep going? We're not bad people and none of us grew up as bad people, but I think that's how we judged ourselves. Hey, look at that. Mm-hmm. They, these are devote, devote people, yet they're big into alcohol or abusive or uh, 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 cheating, whatever it may be. So we didn't feel like it went hand in hand. So we didn't really go to church a lot. My dad's side, they said my dad was big into church. Really? I mean, how big can you be when you get a woman pregnant at 17, though? So, I mean, there was something to it, though. Right. But they said he really loved going to church and was uh, big about it. And then when my grandmother on my dad's side would tell me, she goes, yeah, there's a lot of preachers in our family on that side. Wow. So I know her her brother-in-law's a preacher. So I know there's a lot of preachers. I never knew anything about it until I became a preacher. Wow. And then she would tell me, oh, yeah, we have like six or seven preachers in our family. I'm wow. Like, no idea. Wow. No idea. So uh, just curious, how did he pass away? Um, they were uh, on deployment or, yeah, I believe it was a deployment. They were overseas and they had gone into town and coming back to the ship on, a, on, a, on the Liberty boat, Something happened along the ways. I don't know if he was intoxicated. I don't know all the details. I've read a couple letters about it, but he ended up choking on, he was couldn't breathe. He stopped breathing, choking. Oh and by the time they get into the ship, they tried to resuscitate him, got him back to, I think they were in Italy. And by the time they got him back, he was, he was gone. Oh, so sad. Yeah. So I've read a couple letters about it and it doesn't, it just doesn't seem to add up all the way. So I don't know all the details, but from what it seems like, it was just bad parting and someone wasn't paying attention and didn't see him maybe choking on his own vomit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They didn't get into all the details of what I've read. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting that um, that your your grandma, his his mother, his mother, would would make the effort to stay in contact with you. And yeah. uh, was she was she in close proximity to you? Well, yeah, because my my grandmother, actually, my dad's grandmother, my dad's mom. Lives right across from the church in Jacksonville, Florida. Oh wow! That same neighborhood, no right? There. Yeah. So if you've ever been there, right behind Normandy the food Boulevard. Line. Yep, right yeah. off of Normandy. So they've always been close. So I spent a lot of time there, and he had a brother, my uncle. So he would take me to. Again, this is where guys were involved in my life, but not fatherly. Sure. So he would do fatherly things, like he would take me to the ball games. He would mm-hmm. take me to the sports bars. We would watch all this. So my love for sports really came off of him, but I mean, I wouldn't say there was a bunch of fatherly instruction of how to be a better man, Right. but we had a great time. I mean, I was just on the phone with him as I was driving up here. So um, along those lines, she would take me to church. He would come up periodically, but he also lost his brother. So at the the time, he wasn't the greatest, and he was young as well. He was probably a late teenager, early 20s when it happened. Mm -hmm. So... It was a it was a struggle a little bit, but yeah, we always was there. My grandmother took me everywhere, but my both my grandmothers uh, come from they were in marriages that my grandfathers were not my parents' fathers. Oh wow! So the history of uh, absent dads. Yes. Okay. So they had great men that came in though. Here's where I I didn't have this. Is great men came in and raised both of my mom and dad, uh-huh. and they both look at them as dad. Wow. But they're not biologically their dads got it and both of them have passed away uh-huh. now okay okay so uh into getting into it's the navy right yep and the yes, navy join the navy and uh so you said you were in dc what what was your station there your we rank? we uh, became part of the group it's the presidential honor guard oh so whenever you see so that is like what pastor colonna was doing yeah right? we were yeah we were there together we were in the navy together no way yeah this is so this is before How salvation come you didn't mention that i don't know i don't know 
yeah. If you ever hear him preach a conference, a story. He, he, oh, we were, oh, I could tell you all kinds of stories. We could have a whole different podcast of what we used to do in D.C. And oh, wow. Because we were, yeah, well, this is all before salvation. We were friends before he would get, before either of us were married. So this is us. Uh, when I got there, I wasn't even 21 yet. So mm-hmm. I was 19. So for those who don't know and maybe haven't listened to that, that would be a really good one to go back and listen to, by the way. Yeah. With Pastor Colonna. Yeah. Fantastic interview. But uh, explain what that what that uh, rate is and what what you guys do. We did um, a lot of different things actually because what Pastor Colonna did, he was actually the uh, body bearer, so he uh, carried the caskets. But there's people that do 21 gun salutes. I was part of the color guard, so I carried the flags, American flag or the Navy flag. So anytime, uh, obviously, a funeral at Arlington Cemetery, we were there, and I probably did over a thousand funerals in the wow. two plus years I was there. But not just that. I mean, we've done whenever a dignitary comes from a foreign country, mm-hmm. we would do. I've done things at the White House. I've done things at the Capitol building. Uh, I've done things at the uh, Tomb of Unknown Soldier. We've. I was at the presidential inauguration for George W. Bush. We were there for his inauguration. So we've done all kinds of things, and it's two years of of doing special presidential uh, events. So it, it was a great time. It was interesting. Got to meet a lot of. Famous people. I mean, I met famous uh, politicians. I met famous actors and actresses. Shook hands with many of them and uh, got pictures taken with a lot of them. So uh, it was fun. It was interesting. And uh, but it's also not the best location for a bunch of young people. They treated it like a college dorm almost. So. Mm-hmm. And we're getting paid to do it. So, but mm-hmm. we had a great time. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So yeah, and but there's also a whole lot of responsibilities. Oh, connected with that because it's it's like a high honor to do something like that. Your your uniforms have to be crisp, impeccable. I mean, oh, as you spend more time uh, uh, working on your uniforms than anything. Uh, I mean, just well, picture this: we, we used to have little brass on the side of our shoes that we'd have to click together to make it. But every set, uh, uh, event that that brass had to be spotless. So after an event, you have to clicking it. You go in; it's all dinged up, so you have to shine it all back. And wow. make it smooth again, and mm-hmm. you can see your reflection. Um, your uniform's always crisp. I mean, it was uh, you spent more time on the way you looked than anything. But you also had the funniest tan line because your head, your head to toe covered almost. You're wearing white gloves, so it, it, it was an interesting time. But yeah, very. You have to march very well. Be very good at uh, how to handle uh, left turns and and keeping and staying serious. But mm-hmm. that's also. A bad thing about having young people is we joke a little too much at the wrong times, and we would try to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. But we, you had to be very serious, keep a straight face. I mean, some of these events are very uh, high up, and you can't laugh, you can't smile, right? Just dead stare. Yeah, the serious stuff. Yeah. So how, how did how did you get on that assignment? Um, they do a certain amount of training uh, uh, training classes, and during that window, they will come to uh, Great Lakes, Chicago, is where I was in boot camp. And if you graduate in the window of them taking you, uh, taking class, they will come and interview you. But you also have to be a certain height. Right. I, I think yeah, men, physical requirements. Yeah, yeah, men had to be 5'11 was the shortest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nothing, uh, they, didn't, they didn't want any kind of scarring. They didn't want certain tattoos. You had to meet a certain physical look. Um, and then they came and then they would interview you. Then you had to march around a little bit to see if you could march in a straight line and be as serious as you could be. And they wanted the people that looked the part. Mm-hmm. I guess you were kind of a recruiting poster. So you had to look a certain way, be a certain height, because they wanted everything to be level. I mean, even the, the women that were there had to be, I think, 5'9 was the shortest. Mm-hmm. And I do went there, there was women taller than me, and I'm 6'2". Wow. So you had to be, meet a certain physical aspect of it. And then they interview you. And then I remember going with someone that was in my same boot camp class, and he didn't get in, and I did. Mm-hmm. And you go from there to... To DC, which is another kind of boot camp, it seems like. Right. So it's a whole another level of training, and a whole another level. They train you on marching. It's a whole different uh, way of marching. It's a whole different way of saluting, because they teach you to, to stand differently. Because you you're standing for hours. Right. So you have to make sure you don't pass out. Right. So they're training you on being still, a statue, being an ornament, pretty much in the background as much as possible, but looking good in the process. Hmm. Man, so it sounds like a lot of work, but it does sound like uh, a lot of fun. Oh, also. we had, again, we were doing this. You, you, you're, most of your ceremonies are during the day, so at night, yeah, you're just doing whatever you want. You lived, and they gave us a barracks, but it was more like a dorm. So 
you had one roommate, but you had your own separate bedrooms. You had a living space. We shared one bathroom between me and my roommate. We even had our own laundry room. Wow. So they set us up pretty nicely. Right. Well, so does, how does a young guy like yourself uh, treat an opportunity like that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you take it for granted. <laughs> take it for granted a lot. Uh, you do a lot of underage drinking, and, and you get a lot of prayers in like god please don't let me get caught doing this <laughs> uh, i know. think we're past the statute of limitations <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it's okay yeah yeah praying uh, you you mess around with a lot of women and alcohol a, a lot of it i mean yeah. because when that's i say that's kind of like the standard for everybody right and when i say they it wasn't very wise on the layout it was set up like that dorm when i said i was me and my roommate right across the hall could be two girls that were in their own so it ain't like we were separated by oh different gosh. buildings. You all, I mean, sometimes men would move in with women. I mean, you're not supposed to, but all of a sudden they have their own little roommate in there. So yeah. it wasn't it wasn't set up the best way. So you do everything. Yeah, you no can. kidding. Somebody should have thought about that. Yeah, you would think so. <laughs> have some kind of separation. Maybe it's different now in the area era of Me Too. I don't know, but right. But it was a uh, uh, yeah, a lot of underage drinking. You weren't supposed to have alcohol in the in the barracks, but we did. There was a bar and base that would. That would serve underage people. They didn't care. You just, but their police would come around occasionally. And you just tried not to be drunk or get caught at the time. Wow. wow. So I, I dodged a couple bullets with people and underage drinking because again, I wasn't 21 at the time. Yeah. So so okay. So up until this point, any any kind of uh, spiritual, any kind of contact with Christians? None. No no floating doves or voice from heaven. None. Nothing like that. No no we. The only time I got into any kind of church group is when we went to IHOP trying to beat the church group. <laughs> on we, Sunday. And, we were, and most of the time we were hungover. <laughs> we tried to beat the church group to IHOP or whatever, but no. We, okay. Um, before, I'm trying to think, no, I didn't go to church at all the whole time I was there. Okay, but what about, what about any kind of, did you sense any kind of, like a sense of guilt or any kind of conviction over your sin, that kind of thing? Uh, um. It's a, it's a funny thing. So when it came to being uh, uh, in relationships, I drew a line because I didn't, I, I'm trying to, I don't know what level would go with on this, but I didn't want to be the guy known for sleeping around with multiple women. Okay. So I didn't sleep around with a lot of women. I, I, I made out with a lot of women, I guess, but I don't know if you can justify that however. But I maintained, it's like I wanted to make sure I didn't do anything too far. Whenever I, I, I was with a woman, whatever it may be, it was, could I picture myself spending the rest of my life with this person? So I want, I want to, if I felt like, okay, we might be able to have a long-term relationship, then we went further. But if not, then it was just, hey, have fun or whatever. So, But make sure I kept wisdom about what I was going to do. I didn't want to do anything too wrong. Mm -hmm. But... That's also saying, I also asked a girl out that was dating another guy. So it doesn't, there's some, a lot of imbalance there. Mm -hmm. But there wasn't too much guilt. Okay. Not a lot of guilt. Okay. So what's the next chapter? So along those lines, I, uh, when I was leaving D.C., I was going down to Pensacola, Florida to be a rescue swimmer. Oh, wow. Jumping out of helicopters and along those lines. And uh, same thing that... Uh, Pastor Baker yeah. ended up doing. Okay. So another uh, great episode to go yeah, back and listen yeah. to if you haven't already. <laughs> Pastor Baker, amazing. <laughs> a lot of connect, a lot yeah, of things yeah, 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 tying sure. over here. But uh, when uh, I was going to Pensacola, uh, along that route, my high school sweetheart, who we had maintained a relationship. Now, um, we weren't dating, but every time I would come home on leave, we would hook up and uh, uh, spend the weekends together or whatever. So I came down again before I went to Pensacola and we hooked up. And while in Pensacola, I get the phone call. I'm pregnant. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That it, that got real. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so so I am at this time 20. I'm 20 at this time because I joined the military right out of high school. I graduated high school two months later, boot camp. Right after boot camp, D.C., two years there. Mm -hmm. So 20, Pensacola, and now I got a, uh, my high school sweetheart pregnant. Okay. So going through uh, uh, Pensacola, in the process of being a rescue swimmer, 
had some setbacks, had an injury, and in the process of that was not able to become a rescue swimmer and uh, left out of there after two months of being in that school and moved back up here to Norfolk to be, go to another school. Okay. So going to school, girlfriend's pregnant. And now, she's, she's also from Pensacola. No, no. She's from Lake City. Oh, this from Lake City. Okay. School, gotcha. High school sweetheart. Got it. Lake City. Um, so around Christmas time of that year, uh, 2000, trying to think here, 2001, 2002. Yeah, because 9-11 happened. 9-11. I was actually in D.C. when 9-11 happened. Okay. So, yeah. Scary. So, yeah. Well, very. I bet. I can remember that day. It's amazing how that day comes back to you. Yeah. Of everything that was going on on base. Well, I'm sure people are curious because I am. Yep. Hit the pause on the story. Yeah, yeah. Go back to 9-11. Yep. Let's go back what, to 9-11. What happened on that day for you? So, it was my last day there. Okay. I was checking really? out. I was I was checking out. I was going to leave the next day, so we're there and we're doing our group muster. The whole the uh, command is there, and I remember one guy. They were taking uh, uh, questions of what they could do to make the command better, and I remember one of the supervisors raising his hand saying, "Hey, can we put little TV screens or monitors throughout the building so we can have news constantly going on?" Because we're doing so much training, we don't have any other way to kind of track it. And this is obviously before cell phones are right. everywhere, so you don't have that connection. And he goes, we need something like this because a, a plane just hit the World Trade Center. And my first thought was, kind of moron was flying that close to the, I mean, I was, we, we all talked about it. Like, some guy was getting too close, sightseeing, and crashed into it. And then uh, uh, as you sit there and we start hearing things now, now uh, we had, I had some buddies that were actually in Arlington. They come back on the bus. They saw the plane that hit the Pentagon. Mm. We saw we start hearing jets flying over the base. Oh my gosh! Because we're not. Um, I mean, our base was just there for, like I said, for presidential stuff. So we're not armed with much there. Right. But you see everything going on, and it starts to get very interesting. And it became a kind of a everything became locked down, mm-hmm. and um, everything kind of gets put on pause. We don't we don't know what to do. We're not trained to do anything. We don't really have a job. Like the real Navy, we're just there with poster people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what you we can are. march around the two right. million soldiers. Right, <laughs> right, right. And so people were just talking about what they saw because obviously, like I said, we had people at the Pentagon. And I did have a supervisor come to find out a couple of years later who, who had helped get me to D.C. He was one of the guys that recruited me. He had left that command and actually became someone that was working at the Pentagon, and he died Oh, wow. In that uh, tragic event. So he was ET2 Moss was his name. And they actually named the marching hall after him. Oh, uh, wow. The command. But he was one of the guys that recruited me and trained me. Mm. And he passed away in the accident in, in, in the Pentagon. So, but after we're getting through, I still have to do all my paperwork because the next day I did leave. Wow. Next day I was in my truck and I was driving down to... See you later. Yeah, I'm out of here. And I remember the next day. I remember looking up, and it's a beautiful day. Yeah. I mean, I drove by the Pentagon, so I could look over and I could see the damage at the Pentagon. Mm. But I remember looking, looking up and seeing, wow, it's a beautiful day, and knowing there's not one plane in the sky. Right. Because they had put everything in. Yeah. Landed everything down. And, which is weird for D.C. because they have that airport right yeah. dead center. The there's always the airport planes. was right across the street from where we where my command was. So we could see the planes coming and going. Right. And now nothing. Right. Nothing. Yeah, so, so it was, it was strange. Very eerie. Definitely. Very eerie. Well, that's, yeah, that's crazy. So you you get down to uh, Pensacola and, and uh, what were you going to, oh, you, you said you were going to do the rescue swimmer thing. Yep. That didn't work out. And then you came up here to Norfolk. Yep. So did, uh, did high school sweetheart end up joining you? She did not come up here because I was still in school. Okay. I had proposed to her Christmas Eve time frame. Of, I guess that's the honorable thing to do. Honor, yeah. And again, this is one of those things that, hey, I'm going to do the right thing, not knowing what the future is going to hold. Right. But hey, the right thing here, married, I'm in the military, it'll make things a little easier in the long run, especially medically or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I come up here for school. We're trying to plan a wedding. And I said, it's not going to work because I'm in school and... I don't know what's at the end of the school. I could be gone. There's right. no, there's nothing that says at the end of this next day that I'm going to have any time off. So they're trying to plan it, and it doesn't happen. So my, uh, she comes up to North to Virginia Beach. I was met Dan Mech, and this is, it's amazing how you look back on things and see where God really intervenes on things. Hmm. So I'm in Virginia Beach. I'm graduating, and 
I didn't know how it worked really here. I didn't realize Virginia Beach was its own city, I guess. Okay. So we're at Damneck. Yeah. I graduate about 3 o'clock. <coughs> Excuse me. We're going to go to the Justice of the Peace. I didn't realize I could go to Virginia Beach downtown to the Justice of the Peace. I'm thinking it's all the way down at Portsmouth. Excuse me. <coughs> I don't know. I didn't go very far when I was part of the 10 weeks I was here. So I'm trying to get downtown. I have no idea where I'm going. And in reality, I'm hoping to get lost. <laughs> she knows this. She knows this. I'm hoping to get lost because I don't want to get married before I go my first deployment. The first and only time a man wants to get lost. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I'm hoping that we can't get late. So now I'm looking back. I'm trying to go through. I'm thinking I have to go through the tunnel. And downtown is on the other side of the tunnel. I don't know why. Okay. So I maneuver and get off downtown. And lo and behold, boom, just of the piece right there. <laughs> I was like, here we go. <coughs> Excuse me, golly. And we find it. We get married right before it closes. I mean, we're in there laughing at this. I'm in my dress white uniform. She's, at the time, five months pregnant. Yeah. And I even asked the lady when she gave us a license, like, how often do you see this happen? Yeah. A sailor coming here with a pregnant woman. <laughs> and, like, every other day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so we get married, and then we got married on a Friday. That night, we drove down to Jacksonville, Florida. I dropped her off, and I drove back Sunday. Yeah. Because I had to fly out Tuesday to go get on a ship. Romantic. Very much. <laughs> or we went to Chick-fil-A for dinner. So it was a very that's rough the, beginning. The Lord's chicken. Oh, I mean, if you got to go fast food, that's the one. Right. It was a very rough, <laughs> rough beginning. And another thing that was kind of eerie, because we were talking about 9-11, we'll put a quick pause on the story. When I was picking my orders, the orders I was picking, because I got to pick is a <coughs> man um Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have 5 reasons for you. Number 1, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four. Our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe, because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. So we get to pick orders and they're telling us what is overseas. And at the time there was ships down in Jacksonville, Florida, again, where I'm from, but they said they're all on deployment. So I pick a ship in Norfolk because I'm like, I want to be here for when my daughter's born. So I, I go through and there was two ships available that were not gone. One is the Wasp, and one is called the Peterson. And I called my mom, tell her, hey, I'm going to the Wasp. It was, uh, it's a bigger ship. The other one was a destroyer. I don't know how my sea legs are, so I didn't want to go on a small ship yet. And I said, it's the Peterson. My mom gets quiet, and then she tells me that was the ship my dad was on. Serious? Seriously. Had I known that, I might have picked it just because, just to go with it, but I had no idea. Wow. And so she's like, yeah, that would have been, that was the same ship your dad was That's on. That's crazy. That would have been kind of eerie yeah so i go to the wasp and lo and behold though it's on deployment okay so i didn't get my i missed my daughter's birth oh bummer yep when i came back so coming back from deployment so we flew out coming back from deployment now i'm now married with a two-month-old child i've never had roommates before i never paid rent mortgage nothing so i'm coming home supposedly five months married yeah and with a two-month-old right 
to say the beginning of our marriage was kind of rough was because now I'm 21. My wife's not even 21 yet. No, she had just turned 21 as well. We had some uh, rough times to say the least at the beginning because, again, no real responsibility before. I've always had, the only thing I've had to pay was like insurance on a car. So I never had any kind of responsibility like this. Mm-hmm. And it was rough. Big learning curve, huh? Huge, quick learning curve. Yeah, yeah. And, and then uh, even at the beginning of my marriage, shortly after coming home, my mindset was, I got to figure out how to get stationed in Jacksonville because I'm already thinking this is not going to work. Oh, wow. This is not going to work. And if I can ride it out until I can get stationed in Jacksonville, the only reason I didn't want to end it quickly because I knew she would go back to Florida with my daughter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want to be that far from my daughter. If we get to Jacksonville, Lake City's only 45 minutes. We can figure it out. But I've got to figure out how to make this survive until we get to Get to go to Jacksonville. So my daughter really kept my marriage together wow. at the beginning. So you, you didn't want to leave a fatherless kid Correct. the way that you did. Correct. Right. Correct. I wanted to be able to be there because, I mean, it was awesome. She was awesome. So I enjoyed that. It was, it was great, but it was just the marriage wasn't the greatest. Okay. Well, uh, well, maybe maybe give us a few more details of what was not so great about it. Um, it's just we were young, I, irresponsible. Um my my wife grew up in a household where don't trust men. Mm. So she had that, to be a leader. That makes it very difficult then. Yes, yes. Yeah. So she was very strong and stern on her uh, thing. She didn't want to put her faith in men. Her her mom and dad were kind of had a, a rocky relationship as well. And they got divorced later on in, in life. And there was a lot of issues with her home life. So it was a lot of headbutting. I was very, I was very passive, but... It was just difficult because there was no real trust there. Mm-hmm. I wasn't into alcohol, but there was a, a porn addiction that was involved. And it just a lot of those things are not very loving. Because, again, going back, like I said before, there was men in, in my life, but none of them were very fatherly. But also, none of them were very husbandly. So, yeah, you had never really seen a successful marriage at all. Correct. Right. Correct. And like I said, none of my grandparents were long-term relationships. My aunt and uncle are the only ones that have been married longer than I have now. Wow. But, I mean, that's the only one. But, I mean, you're not around them all the time. Right. So you really don't see all you the struggles. You didn't have any, uh, any wealth to, uh, or any well to pull. Correct. Uh, knowledge from and, and experience from. So you were basically, both of you were, were just trying to figure this out one day at a time. Correct. And, and it doesn't work so well. No, and even <laughs> even seeing... You can see my the one marriage that I had that was an example, but that's all I could see. My uncle, and not saying that he should have, but never said, hey, Jason, this is how you love a woman. This is how to do this or surprise her or just kind of show those things. I kind of show my boys now, mm-hmm. but I never saw that. Yeah. And he probably showed it to his kids, which is what he's supposed to do. Right. And it was just, you never saw that. So I didn't know what a husband, yeah. let alone a father or anything yeah. like that's supposed to do. Right. Only what you see in the movies on Correct. TV, right? Correct. <laughs> Correct. And, and that's not going to work out very no. well. No. And then you have the mentality of, hey, it, I know I have my backup plan of getting to Jacksonville. I don't need this. Right. I just want my daughter and I'll figure that part out. Because my mom was a great mom, so I can kind of know how to be a great mom, I guess, but not even know how to agree a great father. Right. So I just wanted to be part of her life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my goal was to get back to Jacksonville, Florida. And was I didn't say that we were going to get divorced, but whatever happened when we got there was the, was going to happen. Okay. So I wasn't going to stop it. You were kind of resigned to that. Correct. Okay. Correct. We'll see how this goes. So how did it go? Uh, well, it when we were in... Uh, Norfolk, it's funny how the Navy is so big, but yet so small. Lo and behold, some friends pop up. Rocky Colonna. Ah, the old buddy. Ingrid, his now wife, with their young kid. So their kid is... Were they together when you knew them? I, when I first met them, no. I was there when they were courting, and that's a story in itself of how Pastor Colonna looked so confident now, and he was... (laughs) <laughs> not with, not we, with her. We, we didn't get that version of <laughs> no, the story. I'm sure, he, I'm sure he, he left that part out, how he was not Rico Suave with her. So it was it was very interesting. Right before I left, 
they had started a kind of a relationship and I had found out that she was pregnant before I left DC. So shortly after that, that's so shortly after that's when my now wife got pregnant. So okay. there our our two daughters are not that far off. Gotcha. And it's even funnier, his daughter, her middle name is Jade. My daughter's name is Jade. Oh yeah. So they're best they are very good friends too today. So going back to Norfolk, lo and behold, Pastor Colonna, Rocky and Ingrid pop up. And another set of our friends that were from DC, Josh and Jess Sisson. I don't know if you ever met them. I don't think I did, no. So, and this is, again, all before salvation. So, uh, Rocky was kind of a drinker. I was, I didn't do a lot of drinking at home. So, he would come to my house, and he'd have cases and cases of beer. Like, he would come over for holidays. He would bring so much beer, I'd have enough for the next, he would restock every <laughs> year for me. Because so, I didn't drink it as much as he did. He would party, uh, I can tell you so many stories of what we would do. I mean, we were at Virginia Beach one time. They go in, there's a, a, a tent up, and you could drink if you were inside the tent. So Rocky and Ingrid, hey, we're going to go check this out. Me and my wife never saw them come back out. <laughs> they left us with their daughter. So, oh, my gosh. So me, we all go home. Free child care. Yeah, right. That's what, <laughs> and my wife, that's what my wife, because they were both in the military. Yeah. So my wife was the babysitter. So Leela spent a lot of time at our house, and so we did a lot of drinking and partying for Quite a bit. But then through deployments, and they were in the Navy, I was in the Navy, the other couple was in the Navy, both of them as well, but they had a young child. So we kind of hung out as friends along those lines, but also through deployments, you kind of lose touch of each other, not as, you're not around each other all the time, because mm -hmm. some of you are gone for seven, six, seven, eight months. Right. So um, around 2004, uh, my birthday is in January, they, Rocky comes over, and no beer. For the first time ever. For the first time ever. First time ever. First time ever. At a, at a party at that, so it's a birthday party, so he's coming to a party. What is wrong with you, bro? What is wrong? Exactly. Exactly. Are you in trouble? Are you right. going to jail? Right. What? <laughs> You've been arrested DUI and you can't drink anymore? What is going on? Is Guido down the street? Correct. Threatening you? Correct. What is, what is happening here? Oh, so man. very first time, and so celebrate my birthday party, and I mean, through that conversation, I mean, I think he did talk about church a little bit. I don't really remember at the party, but I, this sticks out, and he always tells this story as well, is that when I was living in an apartment complex off of Birdneck, we go out to his car, his car is gone. What? It got towed. Oh. It got towed, so we have to, and this is the middle of the night now. Oh, man. And... Rocky, grew, he was that your your typical Italian kind of guy. He before he was he was obviously a pretty thick guy, muscular, and had that Italian thing. Like he was a Rocky guy. So we find a tow truck driver, and I'm like, this is not going to be good. And this is and this is when my mind got blown. And he witnesses to the tow truck driver. So this is the first time I'm like, what is really going on with this guy? <laughs> Something's wrong. Something is wrong. <laughs> Something is crazy. He witnessed to the guy and, I mean, just talked about church a little bit or whatever. And then, uh, I don't know what happened. A few weeks passed by. He invites us to church. My Now, prior to this, my wife had wanted to go to church because my wife, it would be good to hear her. She had dabbled in church. She, she Her best friend growing up was big into Christianity. So she bounced around into churches. She had found this crazy church that she was part of. And if you ever talked to her, she would tell you it was crazy. Woman preacher, but I mean, that was just the minor. Everything else was just chaos in that church. Wow. But she was deep into it. So she wanted the church, though. So we had bounced around to a couple churches in the area. I didn't care. Whatever. I'll go to church. And it didn't bother me. Right. Again, my mindset was Ride it out to Jacksonville. So if this makes her happy, right. this makes her happy. So we bounce around to a couple. And then Rocky invites us to the Potter's house um, over there in Norfolk. So we go. And my wife says, as soon as she walked in, she knew this is where we belong. Wow. Just like that. Just like that. Me, I don't think I was. Pray, pray for people like yeah, that. Huh? Yeah. I don't think I was quietly sold. <laughs> quite sold on that. Now, also be advised that when she saw the song service leader, she goes, I'm going to do that sometime. 
<laughs> she wanted to be a song service leader. So, so, but she was all in on the church. She was, this is it. We're done looking. Mm. Now, it is Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, wow. Sports fanatic. Sure. Not going back Sunday night. Of course not. Of course not. Why would you? Why would I? <laughs> Should have went back. Yeah. Sitting there watching the Super Bowl. We're about to start. My wife's frying something. Hey, I'm going. She goes out of the room. Pay attention. Make sure Jay doesn't go into the kitchen. Okay. Look over and I could see in a window, kitchen's on fire. Oh my gosh. She had turned the grease up too high, caught on fire. Oh my gosh. So I had to evacuate the, ha- uh, the apartment because it is ablaze. The back of the wall is on fire. There's no stopping this thing now. It is up the wall. The upstairs apartment got damaged more than ours did. Downstairs is flooded when the fire department finally came. And so missed the whole Super Bowl now. <laughs> So they didn't even get to watch the Super Bowl. And the worst part was. Right, right. But then I asked, I remember asking my wife, I asked, and I think Pastor Colon has even talked about this over the pulpit, is I asked her, hey, is God mad at us because we didn't go back? And mm. she said, no, God's not mad at us. The devil's not happy with us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because my wife had gotten saved. I might have raised my hand, but it didn't mean that much. Right. And... To rewind just for a moment, when I was in high school, my wife's my high school sweetheart. She had taken me to go see, um, it might have been Heaven's Gate Tells Flames oh, at wow. some other church. And yeah. I remember raising my hand there. Okay. They took me to the back and gave me a Bible, but that was the last time I went to that church. It was kind of off in the distance, but it was a long drive. But I remember being, hey, this is something. Wow. So not much to it. So I went back to where we are now, going to the 2004, answering all the call, but not really knowing what it means. Okay. Because I think two weeks later, I was gone. I was right. on deployment. Yeah. So I'm on deployment. And am I going too long? Or we no, good? you're okay. good. Okay. So I'm on deployment, and my wife's telling me all about this church. She's all in. I am not. Because she's going, obviously, you know, where our churches are, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. She is all for it. She asked me about tithing. I was like, Negative. <laughs> <laughs> That's not happening. Not happening. I remember <laughs> telling my friends, I'm like, I'm going back to a nun. Oh, my gosh. I'm expecting a shrine of, like, Mary or Jesus. <laughs> I'm expecting candles to be lit because I had said that at one point as a youth, I was into Dungeons and Dragons. So I had read all these Dragonlance books. They're all about dragons and wizards. I mean, I got a tattoo of a dragon on my back when I'm on my first deployment. You are a nerd. Very much so. <laughs> Very much so. Very much so. I'm an athletic nerd. Okay, I guess. All right. it's, it's all coming out yes, in the podcast. Yes, 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 <laughs> so, yes. But, but so I have this big red blanket that has a dragon on it. I'm all, and she wants to put my stuff in my truck because she wants to get all this demonic stuff out of the house. I'm like, what have I left? What is going to happen when I get back? This is not good. Not I was not feeling this at all. This is craziness. Wow. Because now uh, Rocky and Ingrid are discipling her. She has this other couple, Josh and Jess. And Josh was actually my best friend before Rocky came in. So mm-hmm. this is how close we were. We hung out all the time in D.C. So these four were great friends of mine in D.C. And now they're kind of discipling her into the church. And I am not. This is mm. way... Further than I wanted to be a part of a church. Hey, I wanted to come, church picnic, right. dad and daughter day, whatever. So not feeling it. Okay. So come back, and she's not a nun. Okay. Spoiler alert, not a nun. <laughs> so, and but she's all about going. So again, I go occasionally here or there, but not really fully into it. And the late Dennis Wright comes and does a revival. Oh, my goodness. Oh, this is... They love this story, too. And so he's preaching, altar call. He goes, does the altar call, and he's like, nope, there's one more hand that needs to raise their hand. He was looking at you. I have my head down. <laughs> he walks down off the, the, and walks down the aisles and stops at my row. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, if he's waiting on me, we will be here all night. Not raising my hand. I mean, at one point, Ingrid tapped Rocky and said, get Jason. <laughs> this is for him. And then Rocky's like, no, he's got to do it on his own. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I am not raising my hand. <laughs> not doing it. And I didn't. Okay. A couple weeks later, we watched some corny Christian movie. And this is, it makes Rocky so mad. 
Because I raised my hand tonight. He's like, no, you don't raise your hand for this. You raise your hand when Dennis Wright calls you out. He almost didn't want me to get saved, I think. Oh, man. That's he, hilarious. He, he was not, he, but I guess saved at some corny movie. So, and this, Pastor Gunkel was the pastor at the time. So, it starts going pretty well. I get pretty locked in, start joining drama. Uh, marriage is getting better. We have our second child. Okay. So, Luke comes along. And then in 2006, 2006, I definitely stray away. Started having a relationship on this ship with another girl. Oh, wow. Yeah. Goes down pretty quickly. This is now Pastor Gunko is gone. He has become a missionary in Argentina, and Pastor Morales was there at right, the time. Right, right. So I was still part of drama. I was still all these things when this affair started. And then I went and told Pastor Morales, like, he remembers Pastor Campbell came and did a rally here. And he remembers seeing me and not being still in my chair, like just knew wow. there was something wrong. And eventually I came and told him, and he, he didn't sit me out of the church, though. I don't know why. It's, but I know, I, I say this, if, had he up, I wouldn't have come back. Mm. I don't know why he didn't. I don't know because it was within the first year he was there. I don't know. I don't know the wisdom. I don't, none, I don't know. The discernment, maybe. When I told him I was in tears and he could see that it was conviction that was there, I don't know. Yeah. So, and right well, over, go ahead. Well, I'm just curious, how long had that been happening? The relationship? Yeah. A couple months, okay. maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And it was on a deployment kind of thing? Uh, we had met just on the ship in itself. Okay. We went on a, on deployment. Gotcha. Wow. So, well, I mean, that's... And then my wife found an email and that's how I got caught. Okay. So, it was exposed. Correct. Okay. And so she she didn't go running off to pastor. You you had enough guts to go tell him. Well, prior to that, before getting, maybe before getting caught, or right after getting caught, I told my wife, I'm done with church. Hmm. She takes me to Josh and Jess, and she is what, losing it. Well, why, 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 why do you think you said that? Because I knew I was wrong. Oh, you were living wrong. Right. Yeah, was, you couldn't handle correct. hypocrisy. Correct. I was okay. like, listen. Yeah. And the girl... I told the girl, I'm not leaving my wife for you. Right. Because our relationship is not based on trust right. at all. Right. So I wasn't, I was just like, I'm, I don't know how I gotten into, the, well, looking back on it, I know how. Because I got saved. I was saved, but I wasn't converted. Okay. So I had joined drama for the wrong reasons. Got it. I had done all these things for the wrong reasons. I remember, hey, my buddy's doing that. I can do that. I wasn't doing anything for God. I was just and doing you're religious, it. but not spiritual. Correct. That, there it. you go. Yep. Definitely. Uh, not definitely no conversion at all. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was going on for a couple of months. My wife found an email, and right around the same time, I told her I'm leaving the church. I'm not going back. She took me to Josh and Jess. Well, Josh spent the day with me. We tried to talk to pastor. All these different things going on, and then right around the same time, Rocky gets launched out. Mm. So these are... You guys were kind of on different paths at that correct. point. Correct. Huh? Yeah. Well, and then it gets even more for my wife, who amazing that she was able to fight through all this because... She sounds like a hero after yes, all of this. Yes, being able to handle all this because Rocky's leaving. The couple that she took me to two weeks later leaves the church. Mm. They're like, we're done with this. False doctrines being preached, all this. And they came to me shortly after they said they were leaving. They told me what they was believing. And again, here I am. About ready to leave the church, girl on the side, and they're telling me stuff, and I'm thinking, you're crazy. Wow. What you're believing is crazy. <laughs> I, listen, I know I'm wrong, <laughs> but what you're doing is crazy. Yeah. And so my wife, again, is freaking out, calls Rocky at the time. They're over here. They're trying to get my husband out of the church again. Mm. And so though they go the other way. They backslide and leave. He goes, and so now I'm on a crossroad because the two people that brought me here, and at one point, Rocky comes to my house when he finds out all, all about the fair, and he knocks on my door. Hey, can I talk to you outside? I said, you going to hit me? He paused for a second and said, no. I'm thinking about yeah, it. I think, <laughs> <laughs> not saying I didn't deserve it. Not saying I didn't deserve it, but I wasn't stepping outside. I, I, that was my first question. You're going to hit me. Mm -hmm. And I think he thought about it. Right. But no, and he kind of said, hey, bro, what are you doing? You're throwing your marriage away. And so... He's leaving. They're gone, and now I have to decide what I'm going to do. So I, I, I remember going to the altar, and at the time, 
I remember this time Pastor Bizarro praying with me, and I said, God, this is my life. If you can do anything with it, it's yours, my life. Not, not my marriage at the time. Hey, I'm not worried. About, I'm just worried about me, my life. If Here it is. Mm -hmm. Do something with it. And from that point on, I wouldn't do anything unless God told me to do it. Mm. I mean, once I, I eventually joined drama again, and I became pretty good at it. But I really enjoyed it. It wasn't as stressful. So it, it really turned around. Now conversion is starting to kick in. Mm -hmm. Really starting to be a lot more to it. God, here, you, you have control. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how we, we, have, to, we have to come to the end of ourself, yeah. really, before, before God can have room to actually do the miracle in us? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, 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 I'm sure that the person is out there somewhere. The person that says, yeah, I had everything all together and I had money in the bank and my family was great. And but then I just I just needed Jesus. Yeah. And I'm sure that person is out there. I've never met him. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I'm sure there's that person out there. Yeah, Everything would be perfect if I just had Jesus right now. Everything and, else is. Yeah. And so, I mean, from from God's perspective, it's like, OK, we're, we we got to let these folks go through a few things. Correct. In order to uh, what was the old saying? It, you don't look up to heaven until you're down on your knees. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And we, I was, I was down. I mean, I was, it was low. Cause I mean, my son was just a year old when all this happened and it was just, it was chaotic. And I, I mean, that, that, uh, the time I went to the altar and Pizarro prayed to me, it was, I was almost set in my mind. This is the last week and I'm going to be here at church. Like I wasn't really expecting last much chance. more. Yeah. 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 And lo and behold, it, 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 it radically changed everything wow radically wow. so that's uh yeah this is, so this is why i want to have another version of our podcast with with the wives yeah because man i would love to ask her how she was able to process all of that but from from your perspective right i mean that takes a lot oh, to I, move past something like that i remember her in tears and it's one of those things that you my wife and i both say we we hate that it happened, mm -hmm. hate it, but also we wouldn't be where we are without it. Right, Does that makes sense. Yep. It, it, it's it sucks that we had to, that it went through it, but we both think that we probably wouldn't be where we are without it. Mm -hmm. and, and you don't want it. You wish right. you come to a the conclusion a lot easier or without the the punishment or whatever comes comes along with it. Because she, if you ask her, she's always confused about it because she's like. She thought we were in a good spot. Right. And I think it was just me feeling, me thinking I had to do everything on my own without really having God. Right. And so you, that's just, you're so stupid. You're on the ship and you have some young girl that's, look how smart you are. You go home and this bills aren't paid so you don't feel significant enough. Mm -hmm. You feel irrelevant almost. And then you have a person on the ship that's like, oh, wow, you're so smart. You're Because I was really good at my job. Yeah. And so you're impressing that. And it's just, it's just playing with the devil knows exactly how to stroke your ego. And right. it's just pride. And it's pride that led to it. Mm -hmm. So we can say it and say lust, but it was no, it was pride that led to that fall. Right. Easily. I think, I think embedded in there is a really good lesson for wives to hear, which yeah. is uh, not, not blaming. Obviously, right. it's, it's always wrong for, for uh, adultery to happen, but... There, there is a lot of power, especially for guys like us yep. that grew up without dads. Yeah. And we're always unsure of ourselves Correct. and questioning, you know, who we are. And, and um, uh, for, for a woman to say, uh, to give us a compliment. Right. Is so powerful. Right. And so uh, I tell my wife this all the time. <laughs> I, I, I tell her because um, I need to hear compliments from you. Right. Even that might sound shallow. It does. That might sound egotistical, a stroke of my ego, but it, it's not that. I need to hear it from somebody other than me. Correct. And because, you know, on the off chance that there's somebody else out there who's, who steps into that place, that can be such a magnet. You know, not even physical attraction can compare. Correct. And so I'm saying that for the sake of any ladies that might be listening, but also for guys. Um, 
to, to be aware of that temptation. So, so often I've heard the story of adultery. It doesn't start with physical attraction. No. It starts just like that. Correct. With, uh, with oh, I'm impressed with how you deal with that situation or whatever. You know? Right. And uh, you get the attention. And, and this can work for, for men or for women. It can work both ways. But I'm amazed to hear that. Well, because when my wife and I talked about it, we realized a lot of this stuff, the pride is the root of it all. Mm-hmm. Pride leads to all of it. And that's all it was, it was just pride. I mean, my wife, thinking about it, my wife didn't understand. I didn't explain to my job enough. And this girl did and saw how great I was at it. It was just right. stroking my ego. Like you right. said, it wasn't, I wasn't looking for it, right. but just pride of actually being able to puff my chest out a little right. bit, not feeling like a deadbeat dad or a husband, right. but being, hey, recognize us. Look how great I really am. Right. And it's, it leads down a stupid path yeah. that you wish you never went down. Yeah. Yeah, if I could give a, a, a secret to, to um, newlywed couples, that would be for every wife to just mention something in passing at least once a week that she admires about her husband. Easily. That would do so much. Easily. To, I mean, <laughs> if you hear words like that, I mean, you can, go, you can go two months off of a compliment from your wife. Isn't, that, right. a, isn't that true? Without Am I right about that? Without a doubt. I mean, just because you, as men, we get beat up enough in our own minds because right. we're our biggest critics as well. Right. And we see our flaws and we try to boost us up. But just my wife saying one thing or, or don't, just, don't I, you look handsome today? <laughs> I do, don't I? <laughs> it just does something completely but different. That's, that's the cement right. that keeps the relationship together. It really Correct. is. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Yeah, it was a dumb, dumb time. But again, my wife and I both say that we probably wouldn't be where we are now without it. Wow. Because it opened up my eyes to to God more. Yeah. You know? Yep. And, and you hate it. You hate it. Right. Because there's a lot of pain and, and there's consequences involved. And even for years. Yeah. There's that. And it, for years, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an arrow or a seed, a, a, a dart that can come back and... Why didn't he answer his phone? Mm-hmm. Is it happening again? And and, and right. just just a, a sprinkle. It doesn't have to be. It ain't like she interrogates me every time or right. anything like that. And there's a lot more accountability. But there's just been times throughout just the moment. Sure. Or if you're having that bad rocky time, and it's like you start thinking about what about this time and this time, and it's it just comes up random times. Mm-hmm. And I think my wife even said if just a couple years ago she was driving. And there was a, a, a business that it was a car in front of her. It was a business or something. And it was the girl's name was the name of the business. Oh, wow. And it's just like, oh, what are these stinking odds that that yeah. comes up and it brings back the memories. Mm-hmm. And just for a moment, you're like, come on. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> and that pain, just the moment. Wow. So there's a, there's a lot involved in, in, in you know, forgiveness and yeah. continuing to choose to move past that. And obviously for your wife to move past that. But, right. but also, I think for you... To be able to move that, move beyond it yourself. Oh, absolutely. The sense uh, of guilt is is got got to be you know something you got to handle. Oh, easily without without a doubt the guilt part of it is because you when you look back on it you not only do you feel guilty you feel dumb and stupid. Just stupid yeah. yeah, and I remember <clears throat> when it was all going on another person up there talking about church and I'm still inviting them to our church. <laughs> they come to this church. I'm like I'm like what am I doing? <laughs> What am I doing? Right. This is so dumb. Right. It really is. But yeah, you still have that you have that guilt that eats away yeah. at you a little more than you would like. Sure. Yeah, and you can't let it define you. Right. You gotta move past it. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. You can't get stuck in the past. Right. Because it can stop you from really meeting your destiny that at that time I had no idea what God had for me. Right. You don't know. I don't I don't know right. at the time and I'm just I'm just trying to decide if I'm gonna be married. Right. Let alone anything else that deals with God. I don't even know if I'm going to go back to church. Right. Yeah. And, it, it, and then finding that different path now. I'll tell you what, though. It, it does give you credibility to speak to people that are going through that same situation. Yeah. Actually, a few years ago, I was always, I've, we talk about the shame, I always hated talking about it. Really? Yeah. I would always say I'm, when I was, uh, when I messed up, I would never give the detail about what it was I was when I was doing my stupid stuff or whatever. So no one knew. Okay. But a couple years ago, I was, uh, I, I preached at the harvester and it was the first time I, I brought it up over the pulpit. First time. I mean, it, it took, 
I remember stepping back. Some guts. Yeah. yeah, it took. It took. I remember standing there at the pulpit, thinking, "Am I going to make this leap and right. say it?" Yeah. So I say it right after the service. A couple comes up, and they're going through the same exact thing. Wow. And it was a couple that was at uh, Pastor Colonna's church, and he brought them up, and we we talked about it, and it, it was just, and they're still in the church today, and praise God. And they said it, it really helped them, but it was the first time I even thought mentioned it over the pulpit. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I, uh, I'm excited to hear what happens next, but uh, for that's that's going to be for our premium listeners only. So for you uh, free listeners, uh, <laughs> this will be the end of the episode. So I uh, want to encourage you, if you, want, if you want to hear the rest of the story, how did uh, Jason Glasscock become Pastor Jason Glasscock? And wow. how did he get to the place he is today? And um, uh, if you want to hear that, then go hit the subscribe button. It's only three bucks a month if you're on uh, Supercast or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it's a little bit more, but uh, some people think it's worth the convenience. I to think be it would be. <laughs> so uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. You can get a, a free trial, I think, the first week. Uh, if you want to just hear this episode and then unsubscribe, that's cool, too. Uh, I respect. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> Trust me. There's some more things going on. I love When you hear about it, it's more interesting than I thought. But, yeah, you'll hear some interesting things okay. coming along. Yep. And so subscriber only begins now. All right. So All right. what happens next? All right. So... reached the end of the preview of this Testimony Tuesday episode. If you want to hear the second half of this interview, please use the links in the show notes to subscribe. You'll get daily sermons, full testimonies, and an interruption-free listening experience. And every dollar goes to world evangelism. Thanks for listening to this episode of Testimony Tuesday on the VBPH Sermon Podcast. so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.